Earthmen Die Hard by Richard O. Lewis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. A particularly virulent germ life infested the third planet of Sol. It was obvious the world had to be decontaminated. But the aliens found Earthmen Die Hard by Richard O. Lewis. They climbed the hill together, arm in arm. At the crest, they stopped and looked back into the moon brightened valley where a thin needle of metal pointed skyward. The night wind blew her dress tightly around her slim legs, and she reached a hand to her head to keep the blonde curls from whipping about her face. He put his arm around her waist, squeezing her gently. Only a few more hours to wait, he said reassuringly. The great ship from beyond the galaxy drew alongside the tiny planet, matching its orbit, cut its drive, and drifted slightly toward the lone moon. The ship was nearly as large as the planet itself, but there was no interchange of gravity between the two bodies, for the ship was of a substance made beyond the stars. Inspector Wright looked at his sky chart. Yes, it was Sol 3. Then he looked through the porthole at his left and adjusted the lenses. Then he swore by the seven sister sons of Sagittarius. The lens showed him the moonlit side of the planet. There were lights there, little rows of lights forming checkered patterns in various areas. And there were other lights, greater lights, which flickered viciously among the patterns, leaving squat, circular clouds above them. Wright's cheeks puffed out in uncontrollable wrath. Contaminated, he bellowed, and they are warring on each other. He turned from the lens, his gross body glowing in red anger. Crimby, he screamed, Crimby! The door at the far side of the room swung open, and the entity called Crimby fluttered in. Yes, he asked, his body trembling at the manner in which his name had been wrung out. Your record shows Soul Three as sterile, decontaminated. Y yes sir crimby stammered I, I i took care of it myself just a, a a few days ago look shouted inspector wright look for yourself crimby went hesitantly to the lens and adjusted himself before it he saw the sparking lights below the flashes the tiny clouds and his body went pale pink with the shame of defeat I, I'm sorry, sir. He turned from the instrument, his pale pink fading to an ashen gray. I just don't understand it. I have renovated the planet several times. Several times? Why, y yes. Crimby hurried to the shelf of documents along one wall, scanned the titles briefly, selected one, and returned to the desk. Here it is, sir. You will find my report quite in order, sir. Damn the reports, snapped the inspector. I want to know why this planet hasn't been cared for properly. He darkened his body with a scowl. Crimby fumbled the document over, 
flipped a few pages. Here it is, sir. All written down, sir. All in correct order, sir. Cosmos 669238, he read. Malignant growth noted. Cosmos 679238. Decontamination process begun. Method. Entire planet encircled with an electrical impulse that caused hydrogen and oxygen to unite into a heavy liquid. Process continued for a full 40 of the planet's revolutions. Result, planet covered with a liquid to an average depth of 30 fathoms. Contaminating elements, being oxygen-breathing, could not possibly exist under such conditions. Fool, barked Ritt. Some of them probably floated to the surface on some of the buoyant vegetation. They may even have made rafts of the vegetation. Or a boat. They are extremely persistent and adaptable, sir, Crimby admitted. And there were other times. He broke off to fumble through the documented account. Yes, here it is, all written down in correct form. Damn the reports, snapped the inspector. Tell me what happened. Well, sir, said Crimby, scanning the pages carefully. It was back in 9237. I noticed the malignancy and took proper measures. I took the planet from its orbit and into an area remote from the soul unit. There, in the intense cold, the polar caps grew larger and larger until they finally extended over the land portions. Even the middle belt became frigid. Then I swung the planet back near Sol and let it soak in tropical heat. I subjected the planet to this treatment three, or was it four, times before placing it back permanently in its orbit. Don't, said Wright. They probably hid away in deep crevices, probably remained alive through the treatment by eating each other. He looked at the unhappy Crimby for a devastating minute. You should have used fire. Burned them out. But I did, sir, Crimby said hurriedly. I did. He fumbled rapidly through the pages. Here it is, right here, all written out. Nebula 429235. Persistence of malignant contamination noted. He broke off abruptly as the inspector's body turned to brittle obsidian. Um, ah, well, sir, finding them confined in an area of particularly lush vegetation, I burned them out chased them with fire into arid regions and swept the garden of plant growth completely away where they could not find it again. But it is obvious that you failed, even if two of them succeeded in escaping. And before that, sir, Crimby hurried on, before that I shook the land masses violently, rent great fissures that permitted the gases and flames to leap out from the central core and spread destruction. I submerged huge infected areas into the depths of the sea and brought up new land masses, fresh and clean, into the light of soul. I even... Enough! Enough! Wright hit the desk before him with a ponderous blow. Silence, fool, while I think. Crimby turned a sickly shade of green and let the document close in weary hands. Soul three had been a particularly painful lancet in his side, even more than what had been guessed. 
he hoped the inspector would probe no deeper but even as his hopes kindled they became but ashes there are a few more things i do not understand about this inspector wright was saying when this planet was formed from the elements of space there was no contamination it was virgin and yet it is now contaminated why crimby felt his innards churning fearfully his whole body was so filled with trembling that he could not bring himself to fashion words wright's body grew blacker in the silence why the word was lightning from the stygian depths why grimby's body rent asunder and the effort of re-knitting himself so weakened him that his voice was scarcely a whisper they they came from soul five sir the thunderous blow upon the desktop mingled with wright's bellow of fury together the sounds shook the room and nearly disintegrated crimby's hastily reassembled body don't ass screamed wright his body assuming the blackness of the dust cloud of orion you failed to stop them on soul five you not only let them blow the planet into tiny bits but you also let them escape to soul three and here all your efforts of extermination have failed again and again he wheeled to look through the lens again three brilliant flashes greater than the others sparkled almost simultaneously upon the planet's troubled surface sent up a mushroom of dust and shattered atoms and is this what happened on soul five y yes stammered crimby the same thing just before just before he could not bring himself to complete the statement wright leapt from the seat at the desk his body black and bloated then there is not a moment to lose exterminate before this planet is destroyed and let none escape but sir pleaded crimby i have tried everything fire floods ice then try something else wright roared crimby drifted slowly toward the door wait crimby stopped obediently what about soul four? Oh, soul four is all right sir crimby brightened a shade as he turned there is not the slightest trace of contamination that planet must have been on the far side of soul when when they escaped soul five i'm certain sir you will find the rest of the system quite in order enough begin the extermination and this time employ drastic means take the planet to the rim of soul itself and bake it to a crisp before they infest the entire galaxy yes sir immediately sir crimby turned back to the door thankful his fate had not been worse and don't fail this time warned wright if you lose soul three as you lost soul five i will see to it that you put them both back together again piece by piece if it takes you six eons beyond your retirement age the moon with its strange accompanying cloud was nearly set the blue of the eastern sky was fading into apple green there was a roaring swish of sound a shattering blast of energy a whistling sigh 
Then a remote whisper. The needle-like structure from the valley became a flickering pinpoint in the sky. The girl leaned her blonde head against the shoulder of the man beside her. We, we are free? Her voice was but a whisper. He adjusted the ray-vis to get a clearer view of Earth and its surrounding space. The view was but slightly distorted by the hot gases of the stern tubes. Yes, he said, struggling to keep his nervousness from playing havoc with his vocal cords. Free. Free from the mad world. He squeezed her hand reassuringly, his eyes intent upon the screen. Something had gone wrong. The earth had slid to one edge of the screen. He readjusted the ray-vis. The space cloud of black that had hovered near the moon that night had also shifted its position. It was now between the earth and the sun, and the earth seemed to be following it. The furrow between his dark brows deepened, but he said nothing. Just think of it, she said, her voice a song. Mars, and a brave new world. He put an arm around her shoulders and took his eyes off the screen. It was absurd to think the earth was moving sunward. It was probably merely due to some space aberration. Yes, he said, picking up her enthusiasm. And after that, the stars. The End of Earthmen Die Hard by Richard O. Lewis